Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Toronto Blue Jays about to get going against the Angels. Baltimore trails Tampa Bay 7-6. That game is in the eighth inning. The Yankees lead the Red Sox 5-2, also in the eighth. And, of course, the situation in the American League East. Boston, a game up on Baltimore, two up on Toronto, four up on the Yankees. The Blue Jays do hold down a wild card spot Currently, this uh, scoreboard presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can visit crystalglass.ca. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, I will have this program from Penticton, British Columbia, tomorrow night, leading in to the Oilers' Young Stars game against uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Then they play the Flames Saturday night, and then a matinee that we will have for you during the Oilers' Now time slot on Monday. That'll be against uh, the Winnipeg Jets' Young Stars. So, yeah, busy weekend of sports. Uh, Oilers' Young Stars games, the Eskimos game, World Cup of Hockey, all on 6.30. Chad, second half just getting underway. Thursday night football, the Jets lead the Bills 20-10, and we're going to go to Penticton! And bring in our old friend from the Flames Radio Network, Sportsnet 960, the fan in Calgary. It's Pat Steinberg. Hello, Pat. Hello, Reed. I'm sitting here in Penticton. I've brought a special beard trimmer as a welcome guest when you get here. I'm very excited to see you. It's been far too long. I, I, I need to... I need to feel your warm embrace. Well, I'm Soon currently beardless, so you're going to have to find another part of my body to trim. Anyway... Uh, beard is gone. This is devastating. Yes. Devastating. It was gone at the draft, too. I was hoping that you'd grown it back. Oh, no, yeah. I've been without the beard for uh, a, a little while now. Sorry to dis- disappoint you, buddy. So you're already in Penticton. Uh, I am rolling there uh, tomorrow. It, it's always an interesting uh, tournament. I Look, I, I know from, uh, from an Oilers and Edmonton fan and Edmonton media perspective, I don't think the hype is going to be matched, even though McDavid only played one game last year. But you got the Pugliarvi and the Bensons of the world, so we'll see what's going on there. From a Calgary Flames perspective, does does this uh, does this revolve around Kachuk, or what do you think some storylines are here? I think it revolves around two guys, and one of them absolutely is uh, sixth overall selection, Matthew Kachuk. I mean, w- when you're talking about you know, one of the higher selections the Flames have had in quite some time, and and much like the Oilers were absolutely thrilled and Oilers fans were elated when Jesse Pujarvi, uh fell to them at the draft in June, because, you know, we weren't sure if that was going to happen. Uh, the Flames were very much thrilled when Matthew Kachuk fell to them at number six overall. You know, they, they were hoping, they thought there was a chance. You know, there's certainly a thought going in that maybe Vancouver was pretty high on Yulevi, and, and so 
there was a thought that maybe Kachuk might be around, but you weren't sure, and, and you certainly don't want to bank on it. So the Flames and, and, and certainly Flames fans were stoked when when they were able to select Kachuk six overall. And, and, you know, what's really interesting and what I think a lot of people are excited about with him is he's been he's been talking a very, very strong game, and, and he seems, at least in what he's being, in, in what he's said right from the draft to some of the interviews he's done over the summertime, he sounds like his motivation and his focus, his commitment is where it needs to be And that, you know, he knows that he needed to work on his skating over the summer. He knows that if he wanted to have any shot of maybe cracking the NHL roster to start the season, he was going to need to, to make some very, very large strides in, in his skating game. And, and so, you know, he's talked at length about how hard he's worked on that. So I think a lot of people with the frame he has with, you know, his size and his strength and, and obviously – the offensive ability that he's shown at the junior hockey level, a lot of people are wondering if, if he can be another player like Sean Monahan a few years ago, like Johnny Gaudreau a couple of years ago, to come to Penticton to make a huge splash and then to maybe make the team outright out of camp. I don't know how confident I am that that's going to happen, but he's certainly one of the focuses. And the other is a first-round pick, but a first-round pick from a long time ago. You know, I, I remember sitting in, in – uh, at the draft when they decided to select Mark Jankowski in the first round back in 2012 in Pittsburgh. And I remember how much of controversy that was for Flames fans then. And Mark Jankowski, in a lot of ways, when they drafted him 21st overall that year, kind of fell off the map because he was a project when they drafted him. And he went to Providence College and not only played one, two, three, played full four years there, won a national championship in his junior year, finished off his uh, senior season this past year, played a little bit in Stockton of the American Hockey League following his college career, and now for the first time he's got this opportunity to come to an NHL training camp. And and Jankowski's numbers and his progression and, and the way people think about him here in Calgary has gone from, oh man, this guy might be a complete and utter bust of a first-round pick to, Wait a second. This guy, this guy looks like he might be something. This guy looks like he might have the opportunity of of being an NHLer. But until you really see him play in, in preseason games, until you really see him play with with guys who are gunning for the same thing as he is, summer development camp is one thing. But what they do out here in Penticton, and obviously once you get to main camp next week, that's a completely different thing. So I think that Jankowski and Matthew Kachuk are the two players that Flames fans will have their eyes on most. And they're bringing a pretty decent roster. I think they'll be a, they'll be a team that uh, I, I think is maybe favored to win more than they lose in the three games they play here because pretty experienced roster. But in terms of the biggest and, and most exciting players, I think those would be the two. Uh, and they're bringing four goalies. They are two of I, which are from the Edmonton area: Parsons and Schneider. That's pretty interesting. That, that's right. That's right. And, and Parsons, of course, is. Matthew Kachuk's uh, former teammate, or uh, could be teammate again with the London Knights, the defending Memorial Cup champions. And they took him in the second round uh, in with the pick they got from the Dallas Stars and the Chris Russell trade at the deadline. So Parsons, uh, Parsons comes. Uh, they got uh, Schneider coming. They've got yeah. It's it's, it's certainly uh, one of those scenarios where they uh, they don't really know exactly what they're doing in terms of their utilization of their goaltenders. They also got John Gillies and Mason McDonald coming. Uh, all three of those three of those goalies have been drafted by the Flames. The other one was invited to last year's Young Stars Classic and signed a contract off of that, uh, playing with the Medicine Hat Tigers and Mitch Schneider. So they don't know exactly how they're going to use their four goaltenders how they're going to split the time in the three games that they played. But 
all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's goaltending is such a crapshoot, and it's so difficult to project what guys are going to turn into and how they're going to project and how they're going to translate to the NHL. But, you know, they, they, they have four guys that I think they're very, very confident in. John Gillies has been a top prospect for them quite, for quite some time. He's coming off a year that was basically entirely wiped out by a hip injury. Mason McDonald played for Team Canada, the World Juniors, but by and large, I think that he would admit that last year was not really a great year for him, including the World Junior performance. Schneider had a really, really nice uh, season with the Medicine Hat Tigers, and obviously Parson did what he did uh, and, and was outstanding in London's run to the Memorial Cup. So goaltending has, has turned into an interesting organizational uh, strength for them, at least when it comes to depth. Uh, so it'll be very interesting. A, how they use their four goalies here, and and B, how they kind of perform, and, and what the American League and, and minor league split looks like with some of these guys once the season gets going. Well, there, there are a few uh, Edmonton connections for the Flames roster. Interestingly enough, Braden Burke uh, from Edmonton yeah. and Brett Pollock was... Uh, uh, an Edmonton Oil King and was involved in that Chris Russell trade. So it's going to be an interesting one there. Uh, Keegan Kanzig, obviously, uh, hometown originally Athabasca. So, uh, you know, Jay Onright, obviously a huge impact on, on his career and his life. But, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be a fun yeah. one. It's, it's always the well at least it has been since I've been going uh, since they since San Jose's no longer been involved it's uh, always the Oilers and the Flames on the Saturday night game so so that's a lot of fun uh, I mean if I, just to get an outsider's perspective on the Oilers roster this year is, is it just all uh, pull Yarve because I'm interested to see how Tyler Benson is going to do the, the Edmonton kid they got in the second round but I, but I imagine for the, the other markets it's probably well, well, let's see how Pugliarve does. Well, and and doing the in, in doing my prep because uh, I get the uh, opportunity to be part of uh, the uh, webcast for the games that they're doing out here. So, so Gene Principe and I will work that game on Saturday on the Oilers website and the Flames website. And and in doing my prep for the game and and for that and for the Oilers team, you know, obviously Pugliarve is the big draw. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And and you know, some of the names. Some of the big names that were on this team last year, Darnell Nurse and and, uh, and obviously Leon Dreisaitl and you know that '97 guy who were here last year, you, know, you can strike them right off because of, of what they did at the NHL level last year, and they're no longer prospects necessarily in the Oilers organization. And a lot of guys that you know, there's been there's there's some tryouts and there's some undrafted guys and there's some guys you had to do a little bit more deeper research on. But yeah, even still, I mean, Ethan Bear is one of those guys that. You know, you take a look at the numbers he put up in the Western Hockey League. I think he was number five in blue line scoring in the Western Hockey yep. League. All-star, yep. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a player that, you know, you you looked at, you know, when, when he first came into the organization. said, okay, that, that might be a, a pick to watch down the road. But, man, he, he had a huge breakout season in the Western League. And they, they, they brought back some, uh, some, some interesting players on the back end. Not as many players returning up front, but I, I think I think Puliarvi definitely for the outsider will be the one that has the most eyes. But you mentioned Tyler Benson. I mean, you know, if Benson doesn't have the injury plague season he has with the Giants in, in the Western Hockey League this past year, you know, he he might not fall to the Oilers in the early second round. He might be a guy who's who's gone earlier in the first round because going into the season he was projected as you know a potential guy to challenge for the Western Hockey League scoring title. He was a guy that uh, a lot of people projected as being uh, you know kind of mid-round, mid-first-round mid pick. So, you know, I, I certainly, when I saw uh, the Oilers take Benson early in the second round, wasn't surprised at the Edmonton connection. A, B, wasn't surprised 
good player still hanging around, but that was one of those picks he said, kind of kind of similar. That You know what I thought when they took Benson? A different position, but it, it reminded me a lot of when they took Clefbaum uh, late in the first round, what, four or five years ago now. They're like, geez, that's that's a guy that's, that's a really, really good player, at least. You know, you hear what scouts say and, and some of the projections. They were able to get him a whole lot uh, a whole lot lower than perhaps a lot of people thought they would. So uh, absolutely, when I was doing the prep, I clearly circled Pooley Harvey. Ethan Bear was a guy who jumped off the page to me. Uh, and, and Tyler Benson, to me, is a guy that you know, he's a lot of fun to watch. And, and I think it's a really important season for him now that he's been drafted. I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder and something to prove. Difficult year last year with all the injuries. Benson's absolutely a guy I'll be watching here for the Oilers. All right. Pat, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us from Penticton. Obviously, I'll uh, I'll see you there t- tomorrow, and uh, we we can talk about a, a whole bunch of other stuff too, buddy. Great to have you on. Looking forward to it, buddy. Get here as soon as you can. <laughs> there is Pat Steinberg, the number one fan of Reed Wilkins. It's a little creepy, actually, but but I'm kind of flattered. Eight eighteen inside sports on six thirty. Chad, the Bills got a long bomb touchdown early in the third quarter, and now they just scored on defense extra point to come we'll just uh wait for it here so we can keep you updated so the bills with two touchdowns in the first three minutes and 45 seconds of the second half and well no, there's a flag on the extra point it's 23 20 for now we'll tell you if that counted when we get back a few comments from leon dreisaitl still ahead This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. Mark Letestu commenting on the Oilers' dressing room yesterday, calling it not only the class of Alberta or Canada, but on par with any sports entertainment building globally. Of course, you can get that story video from inside the dressing room on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Also a story on our website about the Edmonton Oil Kings selling out their home opener next Saturday against the Red Deer Rebels. 18,102 tickets sold. Uh, first uh, game open to the public at Rogers Place. Good for the Oil Kings. Good for you for uh, checking out that game. And as, as a couple textures have mentioned, Western Hockey League, good stuff. Uh, I know I've been hearing a lot about ticket prices. You can get an Oil Kings ticket. The, the price, Check the price range. It's between $20 and $39 to go to an uh, Edmonton Oil Kings game and you get to see Rogers Place uh, as well this season. So that's pretty cool. All right, World Cup of Hockey. Leon Dreisaitl talking to our friend Mark Spector from Sportsnet.ca as uh, as uh, Europe gets ready to start the tournament. Of course, Dreisaitl, a hat-trick in Europe's final tune-up game after riding the pine a little bit. So your game two of the pre-tournament, you're sitting on the bench in the second, third period, probably not loving life too much. Uh, While everyone else is, Rolf said he's getting the older players going and stuff. What happened? uh, How was your mindset between game two and game three? What did you improve on? How did that sort of time on the bench change you at all? Um, You know, obviously when you don't play much, you want to give the coach a reason. To, to play you more and 
you know, that's that's what I thought about after the second game. You know, I have to find a reason that, that I get to play more. And, um, you know, I think obviously, you know, it was a, a really good bounce back game for, for me personally, but but also uh, also the whole team. Yeah, and you've, I mean, you're an elite player. You've probably not been in a situation where you get benched very often in your life. I'm sure it's happened before, but uh, probably not very often. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, I think everybody had that happen, um, especially as a young guy. You know, you have to learn learn a lot of stuff still. And, you know, sometimes you just have to go through something like that. And, and a lot of times that's 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 really helpful. Um, so, um, you know, I, I took it I took it the good way, I, get, I think. And, um, you know, I, I, I came back uh, pretty strong, uh, I thought. And, um, you know, that's that's the most important thing, uh, the, the, the way you respond to that. Yeah, because we talk about watching young players grow, but usually you watch the growth over a long period of time. But that was really a quick, you know, how will Leon take this lesson? Oh, he scored a hat trick. Uh, <laughs> it was very fast. Uh, is this sort of part of a young guy growing up, right? And a tournament like this, I would think you come out of it uh, a much better player than when you come in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, again, this is this is such a great experience. Uh, you know, it's it's really the best best players in the world uh, going at it, and um, you know, there's no bigger stage in hockey than this, uh, really. So, um, I think, uh, like I said before, everyone's really excited. So am I, and um, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to get the the tournament started. And your role in Edmonton uh, will also grow. You know, they've made some changes. There's a sort of a new feeling there. There's new players coming in. Uh, people are re-fighting for jobs and positions and spots on the team. Uh, what are your goals going in there? How do you feel you can, you know, improve as an NHLer? I think I can just, uh, you know, take a bigger role on and off the ice. Um, obviously, um, you know, I want to make even more of an impact. You know, I want to, I want to be a, a more complete player than I was last year, and, and I really think I can, I can take my, my game to another level. Um, and uh, I think, you know, next, next year is obviously a big, big year for me personally, but, but also uh, as a team, and hopefully we can, uh, we can, we can put a, a really strong group on the ice, and, and you know, uh, take steps in the right direction. I don't know how aware you are of what's going on back in Edmonton, but it's a daily conversation about whether Leon Dreisaitl plays the center or the wing on that team. I'm sure you hear some of it. Uh, back home, we hear a lot of it. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts? Where are you on that these days? Um, you know, I, I said it before. Um, wherever the coaches are going to put me, you know, I can handle it. You know, I, I like playing center. I like playing the wing pretty much equally as much and I have no no problem at all playing playing the left left wing the right wing whatever it is uh, you know I'm a pretty I think uh, I'm a pretty capable I'm a, I'm a player that's capable of playing playing in those situations and uh, you know again uh, I'm, I'm I'm playing wherever the coach uh, the coach puts me Leon Dreisaitl talking to Mark Spector from Sportsnet. Leon and the European team against the United States Saturday afternoon to start up the World Cup. A little more 
on Leon, and you can really divide his last season into two distinct parts. We will do that for you next on Inside Sports. and expert opinion inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Middle of the second inning in Anaheim, no score between the Blue Jays and the Angels. Can also tell you that uh, the Rays lead Baltimore 7-6. That's now in the bottom of the ninth in Baltimore. Top of the ninth at Fenway. The Yankees lead the Red Sox 5-2. So we'll see if it all shakes down and if the Blue Jays can make up a little bit of ground tonight for first place in the American League East. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins with you. It is Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Always a pleasure to have you uh, along for the ride. Daniel Alfredson is becoming a Canadian citizen. The former Ottawa Senators captain will be among 102 people who will become citizens Tuesday in a Toronto ceremony. It'll be attended by NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, NHLPA Executive Director Donald Fear. Of course, uh, they're there in Toronto for the uh, World Cup of Hockey. Brooke Henderson, the top Canadian after the first round of the Evian Championship Golf Tournament, two under 69. It's the LPGA's final major of the season. However, Henderson is six shots off the lead. Quick update for you there. Uh, again, go to 630ched.com for a look inside the Oilers dressing room and more on the Oil Kings selling out their home opener. First game at Rogers Place next Saturday against the Red Deer Rebels. The Oil Kings have added Fernando Pisani, the ex-Edmonton Oiler, as their development coach. He spent the last three years on the coaching staff of the U of A Golden Bears. David Pelche, now the Oil Kings skating coach, he continues in that role with the Edmonton Oilers uh, as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about a uh, kind of a neat new hockey league opening up in Edmonton. That's going to be on in about 10 minutes. We had that Leon Dreisaitl interview with Mark Spector before the break. And Leon, remember, disappointed to start last season in the minors. He gets called up. He bursts onto the scene. He helps in that comeback win against Montreal. Uh, I mean, get this. Leon Dreisaitl, in his first 29 games as an Oiler last season. So covering the months of October, November, and December. He only played two games in October, but he had 31 points in his first 29 games last season. An absolutely incredible pace. In his last 43 games, he only had 20 points. So he goes from over a point a game to less than half a point a game. So it, it is along those lines of, will the real Leon Dreisaitl stand up? I, I mean, look, safe to say probably somewhere in the middle. If he plays 82 games at that pace, he can get around 60 points. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But, I mean, you, I mean, it, it's great to have that massive burst of production. Uh, certainly looking for consistency. And, and look, this, this the Oilers last year, I mean, I mean don't forget, e- even though they were below 500, they were actually in a playoff spot for a day or two in mid-December when they were having that winning streak. They, they dropped out of it, and certainly as you got into late February, I, I think the interest level dropped and the passion and intensity dropped a little bit. It was it was certainly spotty at times over the last six to eight weeks of the season. So uh, I think there's there's someone there in Dreisaitl. I know he's been playing uh, Olympic qualifying games. Now he's playing for Europe at the, at the World Cup. So, you know, playing maybe a little more hockey than usual. But 
will he play the wing? And you heard Mark Spector ask him that, and Dreisaitl's answer has remained the same. Uh, I can play anywhere. I, I know they like him on the right wing because of the way he uses his backhand. Now, again, if, if, if he plays the wing, what happens at center? And the Oilers are still not deep at that position. They've signed Chris Versteeg to a professional tryout contract. He has said, as he was on this show last week, he can play anywhere, though he's generally listed as a right winger. So they'll have some options. How dependable options are they? That's going to be the questions for uh, the Oilers going forward. You can always text us at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. 24 hours from now, you will be listening to Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer call a game on this station, opening Oilers game from the Young Stars Tournament in Penticton. The football game, ooh, replay of a big collision there, remains 24-20 for the Buffalo Bills, leading the New York Jets, five minutes and 50 seconds left in the third quarter. I have disparaged Thursday night football often over the last couple of NFL seasons. This has actually been a pretty entertaining game. Jared is on the line. Is this also the Jared that texts the show regularly? Yes, it is. Well, it's good to hear from you, buddy. What's going on? Hello? Yeah, we're here, Jared. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Just a little a little bit uh, grainy. Okay, yeah. Well, you're coming through, so go ahead, man. Okay, yeah. I just uh, About Dreisaitl and his uh, production going down last year, my, my concern with him is still his skating game to play center. Like, he's a fair, still a fairly sluggish and almost like lumbering skater. And he tired quite a bit last year at the, in the last half of the season. And I do think he'd be a better fit on the wing or just possibly playing on the like third line with limited minutes as a center. But I don't see him as uh, having enough of like an open-end skating game to, to really be successful as a centerman for like a full 82 games. I, I mean, the thing that I don't mind the, the prospect of Dreisaitl on the wing is, I mean, he's shown, and again, for him it's going to come down to consistency, but he's shown the ability to to protect the puck. I don't think he's shy along the boards. He can certainly shield the puck. I mean, he's got, he's got huge shoulders and all that kind of stuff, the big body stuff that we all talk about maybe a little too much in the NHL. But he has the ability to be more of a deft playmaker than a lot of wingers are from the boards, maybe from down low. I mean, we've seen him make some sharp passes, like I said, especially with the backhand. And and you know the whole thing, Jared. A lot of guys, not a lot, but there, there are guys who have become good centermen who did play some or all of the time on the wing earlier in their careers to, like you said, maybe shield them from some of the matchups and some of the defensive responsibilities. I, I, I think he skates pretty well. He does kind of have a you know he doesn't always look like he's going fast but but I think he can get there I, I just like the prospect of him offensively on the wing because I think he can make plays off the boards better than a lot of wingers can yeah and that's why I always thought that Taylor Hall should have been a centerman and not a winger and uh, kind of like when Messi started on the on the wing with I believe it was uh, Matty Hagman and Glenn Anderson in the early 80s and they eventually moved them to to center ice, but for whatever reason, I don't know if Taylor Hall if he, he I doesn't think like Taylor playing center. He he say he he would he would say he didn't like playing center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Is this Jared from Glendon or another uh, Jared? You're from Glendon? Yeah, that's not you. 
No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a different Jared than that. Okay, because we got a we got a Jared from uh, Glendon the text in because he said they opened a time capsule in the pierogi yesterday. <laughs> oh no, I know there's a lot of Jareds out there. All right. Well, uh, hey, buddy, we got a busy weekend. Like we got the the Oilers games, we got World Cup, and obviously we got the big Eskimos game on Sunday. So I hope you can tune in, man. Okay. Have a good night. Right on. That is uh, Jared uh, checking in with some thoughts on Leon Dreisaitl, uh as well. I mean, this. I mean, like I I know there's a lot of, and I I understand it. I, I again, I, I always I you're not wrong for being frustrated with how. Uh, the Oilers have gone. I, I'm the type of guy I always get really interested at this type of season because the, the questions start bouncing around in my head, and I know it's stuff I'm going to have to talk about on the air. But it just as 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 a, as a fan of hockey, you start asking yourself, well, what, what you know, who actually is Drysaddle going to become? Right? Is Nugent Hopkins maybe going to be 10% better? What's uh, what's uh, McDavid's ceiling? How how is Larson actually going to fit in? Is Clefbaum going to return from injury? Uh, pardon me, it's Jeremy from Glendon. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I, I I get confused. I have 14 listeners. I can't remember all your names at the same time. Uh, but but I start, I start, uh, you know, things start bouncing around my head. Is, is Talbot going to be able to carry the load? And as I said a couple of days ago, um, the 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 reason I would still hesitate to label the Oilers as a playoff team is because there are too many question marks in my mind that are large or medium sized there like there's always question marks about almost anybody but some are smaller my question mark about Talbot for me personally is is a smaller one now uh, for Nugent Hopkins, maybe it's it's a medium-sized question mark. The overall effectiveness of the defense, I think, still remains a relatively large question mark, though I, though I think there's some promise there. But I still think with the defense, it's promise more than uh, more than potential. And, and I think ultimately that might prevent the Oilers from, from nailing down a playoff spot this season. But, you know, my question mark, my question mark about McDavid in terms of is he going to be good, is small or even non-existent, right? But my question mark about McDavid, what is his ceiling? That's still kind of a large question mark, but in a good way. Because like I've said with McDavid, can he get 90 points? Well, heck yeah, based on his pace pace from last season, why not? Could he get 95? Well, based on his pace from last season, yeah, maybe. Could he get 100 or 105? Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, so if, if, the, if that question mark turns out to be uh, a yes... In terms of McDavid being able to maybe get triple digits in points, well, then that's one that that helps the team, and and then maybe they they wind up being in the in the playoff drive. Anyway, we'll have plenty of time to to talk about this, and I and I know you guys have been burned a lot in your uh, expectations and hopes for the Oilers over the last few years. So hopefully, there's a lot more positive with those question marks this year. Uh, Greg's on the line. Hey, Greg, what's going on? Oh hey Reed, I'm doing um doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. All right, great. Uh yeah, I just wanted to make a quick comment about uh about the Calvin McCarty injury. Sure. Um it's it's a broken is it a broken arm? No, leg. Okay. Well, um yeah, and I I, I thought I heard another report it was a broken uh fibula, something like that. Yeah. Okay, well, the comment I'm making is um Okay, this is basically my comment. Obviously injuries suck. Um I've never played, personally, I've never played professional sports, but um, I have had surgery on my left ankle So, I, as an amateur athlete. I mean, that, that wasn't a great experience, but I had to deal with it. Um, as an observer of professional sports, and again, I've, I've been an amateur athlete. I was pretty good in high school, but, you know, again, there's a difference between professional and amateur. Sure. As an 
observer, if I could make any comment just about, say, the CFL, for example, this is what I'd say. If you're playing 18 games uh, a season, plus preseason, plus uh, playoffs, mm-hmm. um, basically it doesn't really surprise me that Calvin McCarty, because I'm, I'm about the same age as him, it doesn't surprise me that, I mean, and he's the longest-serving Eskimo too, right? So yep. 10 years in the league. I believe that's about how long he's been in. Yep. Ten years, and he's getting a serious injury like that. So, I mean, where I'm going with this, to finish my point, is um, I think, I don't know, if I was a player, and I was <laughs> hypothetical, like I'm not going to play in CFL next year, but let's say I was, right? I would try and negotiate something in my contract so that I could have a few games off throughout the season to rest because it's just, that's how I feel. I think... Um, I just think the CFL season is really long, and that's all I really wanted to say. Yeah, I, I, I mean, ideally, I think football has a 16-game season. I don't, I don't think the CFL is ever going to go back. I, I just, Greg, I just hope it's not McCarty's uh, last game in the CFL because he has been there a long time, and 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 you wonder when a guy gets a serious injury late in his his career because he's been a pretty hardworking Eskimo over the years. Thanks for calling, man. All right, thank you. All right, and uh, we're going to bring Terry. Terry, I only got about a minute because I got to do a break, and then I got another guest lined up. But I'll give you about a minute here, buddy. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, Reed? Yeah, go ahead. Listen, uh, I have a question for you. About five years ago, it was Taylor or Tyler. What is your take on that now? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, Sagan's had more points, but he's also played on better teams. I mean, look, when you here is somebody summed it up to me pretty once because I, I pretty well to me at the time. I mean, Taylor Hall was a two-time Memorial Cup MVP. Absolutely. And I, I don't think that question will fully be answered until they're both <laughs> retired. I know Sagan has better stats, um, though. I mean, you can make some argument for a couple of Hall seasons that he was better than Sagan a couple of times. I don't know. I mean. It's it's hindsight, right? I mean, at the time, Hall was totally understandable as the pick. Yeah. Five what do you think? Ago, well, five years have gone by, and we still don't have an answer. And and five years will go by, and we probably still won't have an answer. Uh, question for you though: Is is Rob coming back this year? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. Look forward to that. Okay, yeah, I look forward to you calling too, Terry. I got to get another guy in here, but thanks. Have okay? a good night. All right, a quick timeout, and then we're going to bring in a special guest. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Shad Clefbaum, raring to go. He explained his injury woes in detail yesterday to Bob Stoffer. You can get that email or that email. <laughs> what am I doing tonight? That interview on the Oilers Now page on 630Ched.com. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Northlands Park Racetrack and Casino. The Alberta Breeders Fall Classic returns to Northlands Park Saturday. Be there for a great day of uh, racing. Well, we're going to talk a, a little bit about a recreational uh, opportunity here in the city of Edmonton. Ilya Ostrowski is with the Edmonton Municipal Hockey League. Ilya, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. I'm going to let you tell it in your own words. What is the Edmonton Municipal Hockey League? It's Edmonton's premier rec hockey league for ice hockey for fall, winter, and summer. Uh, We specialize in taking individual registrations. Players that uh, may not have a team, are new to the city, haven't played the sport in a long time, and just want to get out and have some fun and meet uh, meet some good friends, have some camaraderie on the ice. 
Okay, so that th- 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 is that a pretty unique element that you can just join as as a single individual. You don't have to assemble an entire team of guys. Absolutely, it makes it a, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, you don't have to get pucks, bottles, jerseys. We take care of all that for you. Uh, all you do is sign up uh, with a dis- uh, two hundred dollar deposit that guarantees your spot for the upcoming program, uh, which starts in October. Uh, typically. Uh, to get on a team, you have to know the team rep or you know fi- a group of players that are already on an existing team to get on. So we kind of make it uh, one-stop shop. Nice and easy. Go on our website, register, and uh, we'll take care of the rest. Ilya, what is your website? Is it just em uh, emhl.ca? You bet. Uh, right on the front page, it says click here to register online. Fill out that link, and we'll get back to you uh, with... Uh, uh, registration reply asking you about your skill level, age group, uh, and giving you uh, payment details and season guidelines. Well, I'm glad you brought up the skill level because I'm sure there are people listening who are thinking this this is great. I, I you know I want to play, but like you said, I'm new to Edmonton or or maybe I haven't played for a few years. Um, so great, you can you know EMHL will will put you on a team. But what about that skill level? Because nobody wants to join a league and then be like, oh great, all these guys played major junior and I only played bantam C. You know what you know what I mean? How how are you going to make sure that works? For sure. We have a questionnaire that we ask the players to fill out and ask them what level that they're most comfortable in playing in terms of if they want to be challenged, if they're just out there looking for a little bit of exercise and uh, just enjoy the game that, that, that they love at their own pace. Uh, we have multiple divisions. Uh, we have a men's program, a co-ed program if somebody's looking to, to play a low impact and uh, I wouldn't say low level, but uh, definitely a bit of a different game style than the, uh, than the men's program. So we'll, you know, we take care of that for you. We give you a brand new jersey, brand new socks, and uh, you know, uh, just come out, have fun. Uh, our ice times are all with the city of Edmonton. Or how, how long have you guys been around? Uh, this is our twelfth uh, season. Oh wow! Yeah, we've been around since uh, early two thousand. Started up doing a recreationally as a community program, and then uh, had a lot of interest and uh, grown over the years. Okay, so you know, so people are, are looking to get involved here. What kind of ice time are we looking at? Is it a game a week? Uh, you know, yeah, a you're looking games? to play one once a week at the city arenas. So, for example, uh, the city has about 32 sets of ice or sheets of ice. Uh, some are twins, some are quad plexes, like Terwilliger. Um, we get ice time from the city uh, weekdays between let's say 9:30 and 10 and 10:30 at night, and then on weekends, obviously a little bit earlier, as minor hockey does take. Uh, ice precedents here in the city. So, uh, you know, once the kids are in bed, there's no traffic, you can make it out to any of the rinks. They're very easily accessible, especially with the uh, uh, with the hand air, white mud, or yellow head. All right. We and this is... Keep, we try to keep everything uh, easy, easily accessible within 15 minutes from anywhere in the city. And this is anybody 18-plus uh, can jump in, eh? You bet. Um, even groups, like we'll guarantee small groups, or groups, of, uh, groups of two or three will guarantee emplacement on the same team. Um and all they have to do is uh, make sure that they set up uh, payment and uh, we'll get them going. Our season's going to start for the individuals at the beginning of October. And uh, it goes for 32 games guaranteed. So you're going to be playing all the way once a week, all the way to about April. Oh, nice stuff. All right. Well, Ilya, thanks for the update. I'm sure a lot of people are interested to know that this opportunity ex- exists. Really good that you're offering this for uh, individuals and small groups. Again, it is... Uh, emhl.ca Edmonton Municipal Hockey Leagues Ilya Ostrowski thanks a lot for your time thank you very much Reed I'll look forward to hearing from you again one of these times about the Oilers yeah good stuff 
Ilya Ostrowski checking out. Sorry, I think I cut him off there, but Ilya, thanks a lot for uh, coming on tonight. EMHL.ca. Uh, Michael texting in. He says, uh, in the last few years, the Oilers fans could be certain that the team wasn't heading to the postseason. No question mark about it. Uh, not being able to be certain about this highly restructured team is the only way playoffs become a possibility because I don't think any of us can really claim to know what to expect. It almost feels like a different team. Big question mark, and it could go either way. That's from Michael. And Lyle says, Reed, I think you totally underestimate the amount of listeners you have. I'm sure I'm at least 18 or 19. That is from Lyle. Thank you very much, Lyle. No score, Blue Jays and Angels in the third. Uh, good news, Rays beat the Orioles 7-6, and the Red Sox lose 5-2 to the Yankees. So the Blue Jays with a chance to uh, make up a little bit of ground tonight. 27-24, the Jets leading the Bills. The fourth quarter just started. All right, fun show tonight. I'll be uh, doing it from Penticton tomorrow night. Game at 8.30, Young Stars Tournament, Oilers and Canucks. The producer of the show, Dave Campbell. Studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. You guys are the best. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.